0: Chapter 14. A creature, a pooch I guessed, appeared on the rim of the volcano with his back to me, crouched like a wild animal. He didn't look like an all-powerful god of the dead. He was skeletal and his skin was so paper thin I could see his crooked spine. It writhed and twisted like a snake as he heaved and moaned. And the guy didn't just smell bad. He filled the air with a bitter poisonous odor like that I was sure would kill me with one whiff. At the same moment, the black owl, Moan appeared. Her feathers were slick with oil. She turned her enormous eyes toward me. A trail of black smoke rose from the bird and it shifted into a woman with long gray hair. She was wearing some kind of headdress made of red and yellow feathers. She kneeled next to a pooch and said with a bad lisp, my Lord, I bring you a sacrifice to give you power. Her gauzy black skirt swept across the rock. She reached into her skirt pocket and pulled out a small clay figurine. But I couldn't see the details from where I sat. She smashed it against the rim. There was a terrible screech. Then she handed Apooch a creature with two goat heads and a body like a yellow snake. It squirmed and bleated, trying to wriggle its way free. Apooch scrambled to, to clutch the thing. Bones snapped. Then he brought it to his mouth, bit its neck, and sucked all the blood from it before tossing the drained corpse to the cave floor below like an old orange peel. My stomach lurched. Apooch's skin began to bubble. Gray worms emerged and crawled all over the outside of his hunched body. Latching onto him and somehow thickening his skin, Apooch rose to his feet slowly, groaning. I was glad he wasn't facing me. I really didn't want to look the sky in the eyes, but I had to. He'd made me a promise. Zane Abispo, his voice was deep and gravelly. I closed my eyes and took a deep breath. Then, slowly, I looked up at him. Whoa. He'd somehow morphed from the gross, blood-sucking worm monster into a regular guy dressed in a black suit, crisp white shirt, and a dark silk tie. It was an expensive suit, too, not the shiny kind with those loose threads like my old history teacher always wore. A pooch was at least six foot five, but that's not what made him so intimidating. It was his black eyes, chiseled face, and broad shoulders that screamed power. Sorry, gods who hate a pooch. You said you wanted the truth. He waved his hand and the ledge I was standing on shimmered. A second later, Brooks materialized in comatose hawk form. I pulled her into my chest and held her closely. We had a deal, I said, feeling her still faint heartbeat. You said you'd save her. A black eyes found mine. You risked everything for a nawal? That's none of your business. Now wake her up. He ignored my demand and glanced around. Then with another tiny movement of his hand, the dead space beyond the volcano turned into a bustling city. That's much better, he said. I'm so weary of silence. Suddenly, we were standing on the roof of a skyscraper that overlooked a whole cityscape. Below us, millions of cars inched along the freeways like bugs. I stumbled as I looked around, trying to get my bearings. Where were we? New York? Chicago? Being a non-traveler, a I only had movies and books to help me out. To the left was a mountain with big white letters on it. Hollywood. We were in Los Angeles. Apooch took a deep breath and closed his eyes. Ah, such chaos. I can feel its sweetness buzzing all around. What about Brooks? I insisted as I scanned the dark rooftop. As a small hawk who seemed even smaller than she was inside the cave moments ago, she wasn't heavy, but I needed a place to lay her down for when he made her human again. I spotted some lounge chairs near a lap pool. This was some kind of fancy hotel or apartment building a small fountain spilled into the pool and there were potted palms in the corners moan smiled except she didn't have any teeth which explained her lisp the gods don't know you've awakened my lord they are too busy getting fat and lazy to even notice you are my most trusted ally moan apooch said petting her head what's happened to you weak without your power he continued petting her head, and slowly a blackish mist rose, slithering up Muan's legs, then body, and head until I blinked. Muan had shed the old toothless hag look for a magazine photo shoot look. She was about Honda's age, with shoulder length raven hair and bronze skin. She wore a long silver gown that hugged her now healthy form, and her eyes glinted lilac and green in the light like rare gemstones. She smiled at a pooch and kissed the back of his hand. Thank you, my lord. A pooch gave her a barely there nod, then asked, and the seers? Taken care of. Hold on, I butted in. What, a, what happened to the seers? A pooch walked to the edge of the pool and stared at his re- reflection in the water. Don't worry, your pathetic protector is alive and unharmed. I thought about killing her, slowly, but realized her divination abilities and knowledge might come in handy. No wonder Miss Cab hadn't shown up this monster had done something to her. I felt myself flush with anger, but tamped it down. I had to keep him focused on Brooks. So um, our deal, I reminded him. Deal? He glanced at me. My insides collapsed. By the blank look on his fearsome face, I knew he'd already forgotten. Please, I didn't care if I had to beg. I know you don't have to keep your end of the bargain. I'm just a weak human and you're, well, you're a super God, the most powerful power he mumbled and squatted and ran his fingers across the pool surface inky clouds bloomed beneath i'm curious he said keeping his gaze on the darkening liquid how did a mere boy wake me his eyes darted across the water like there was some kind of magic in it that had held that held all the answers he stood to his full height and let out a long breath i see now he said looking at me with a wry smile You're more than a mere human, Zainabispo. I didn't know if that was a good thing, a good or a bad thing, or if it would affect his keeping his end of the bargain, so he didn't say anything. Better to keep him off balance and guessing. That's what Hondo always said. Tucking a shiny stray hair behind her ear, Moan said, He looks nothing. He looks like nothing, my lord. Nothing. There was that word again. I struggled to keep my temper in check. Looks can be deceiving, can't they? A pooch walked over to me with so much confidence I thought he should run for king or president or something. Zaino Bispo, his mouth turned up. Such a perfect and unexpected surprise. Yep, that's me. One big surprise. Now, our deal? He loosened his tie and took in the cityscape with a deep breath. I like this city, he said to Moan. A very good hiding space. But they can't hide from me for long. They? Who was he talking about? I wondered if all gods had this hard a time staying focused. Cars zipped below us, horns honked, planes flew overhead. The stars were shadowed by the bright lights. I'd never seen anything like it. I hated to interrupt this little moment with Muan and all, but so our deal, I said again. Apooch's brows came together. I must say I am impressed by your with your bravery. And you did set me free from my dreadful prison. Imagine being imprinted onto the world trees paper. Yeah, imagine, I muttered under my breath. World trees paper? Being that I'm in a glorious mood, he said, I'd say one favor deserves another. See how generous I can be? Okay, so far so good. So you'll heal Brooks? I say we sweeten the deal. Your girlfriend's life for a small pledge. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the deal. What kind of pledge? To Jibaba his black eyes glistened in the city lights to me it was like a punch in the gut yep i was definitely going to throw up the pool water began to boil black ribbons of steam rose into the soggy into the smoggy air agree to be one of my soldiers of death he said and i will give you back these worthless souls you seek soldier of death was he for real we already made a deal i argued i've changed my mind and since i'm the one with all the power i make the rules Yeah, well your rules stink make your decision i had a feeling he wasn't going to ask twice always the optimist i asked so a soldier of death is what like a couple year gig lifetime appointment oh well that officially stank gritted my gritting my teeth trying not to think about what being a soldier of death actually meant i said if i did it i mean became one of your soldiers it would be like um later Like when I die as an old man, right? Moan sauntered to the roof's edge, laughing lightly. You have until the third moon, Apooch said. When I call you, you will answer. I will finish this world and start again. We will have a new order. The third moon. Did he mean three nights? That might give me enough time to figure things out. Rally, some help. My insides twisted. I was just some 13-year-old kid with a bum leg. Not exactly the world-saving type. As if he could read my mind, Apooch said, aren't you tired of being a weakling, a boy who can't run, can't fight, can't do much of anything? You are no warriors, Zane Obispo, but I can make you one. Shame dug its claws into my gut. I was strong enough to set you free. His eyes glinted with some kind of knowledge I knew he wasn't about to share. Moan turned and glanced over her tan shoulder. Whatever Apooch knew, she knew it too. In Jibalba, he said, eyeing my leg, you'll be whole and strong. You'll be able to do what only gods and kings can do. You'll have power beyond your wildest dreams. The words raced through me, strong, gods, kings. That all sounded pretty good, and it would save Brooks and Rosie, too. Just as I was about to shake on it, another voice whispered in my ear. But it for sure wasn't Brooks. It belonged to a man. Don't do it, he said. I glanced over at another skyscraper, It was even taller than where we stood, and its windows shimmered, reflecting the full moon. In an instant, the building melted to be replaced by a pyramid with steps on the sides, leading to a platform on the top. The image was blurry, barely visible. On the platform stood a tall, dark-haired man in a black trench coat, but he was so far away, I couldn't see any details on his face. I walked to the edge of the roof to get a better look. A pooch followed, his eyes trailing my gaze. I could tell he couldn't see what I could because he turned, unfazed, and asked, Do I have your pledge? The man on the pyramid shook his head. Then the image vanished. Who was that? I wondered briefly, but I had more pressing things on my mind. I swallowed the lump in my throat and looked up in the eyes. It was loco to make a deal with the god of death and darkness, but what choice did I have? You promise you'll save them, Brooks and Rosie? Brooks and Rosie? Spears of lightning stabbed the sky. He nodded. Okay, Apooch adjusted his shirt cuffs. It's not that simple, my friend. You must say the words to bind yourself to me. A w- sudden wind raced across the roof, so fast and violent it caused the pool water to splash over the sides. I Zenabispo, Apooch shouted. I, Zainabispo. The sky split open and rain poured down on us. Finish it, Apooch commanded. Wiping the rain out of my eyes, I hollered over the storm. I pledged myself to Apooch and Jibalba as a soldier of death. Apooch tilted his head back and opened his arms wide. It is done, old friend. And now he's mine. Then he smiled, lifting me by my collar and dangled me over the side of the building. Hey, I squirmed and kicked. We had a deal. Of course, he said. Then he let go.